thank you for bringing us here today. By your spirit, would you open our minds to your word this day, that we might listen, hear, and understand, and walk according to your ways. For the sake of Jesus, in whose name we pray, amen. amen. Have you ever watched Charlie Brown cartoons? Yeah. Yes. All the, the little characters and the kids and the interactions and the things that they deal with and how they treat each other or don't and all of the things that go along with that. One of the parts of that that used to frustrate me as a child because I liked school is when they would be in the classroom and Charlie Brown would be sharpening his pencil or doing something. Exactly. So when the adults would speak, when the teacher would say something, you could never hear what they were saying. Go ahead, you did it. No. Yeah. Is <laughs> all you would hear. It's like, what are they saying? I just always long to hear. And so I wonder, how are we like that with God's word sometimes? Oh. You know, we can open up the Bible and read something. What does that mean? Or hear something or a sermon? Or are we listening? Uh, how is how, how, how is God's word like that with us sometimes? I remember the first Bible, formal Bible study that I did as a group study was back in the fall of 2001. And uh, we're doing the Gospel of John. And so I was all ready to go and learn all about Jesus and just get smart about God. <laughs> uh, so we go in and we open up John 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with, and the Word was God, and, and the Word was God. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. Clearly I can't even get it all out of my mouth. But I'm like, what does that mean? In the beginning was the Word, the Word what, what, what? It just didn't make any sense to me. And then I would hear people unfold it, I'm like, I don't get what, I don't see what you're seeing. And yes. I would always be so yes. frustrated by that. So our, our, our passage today talk, deals a little bit with that. So let's, let's dive into that. Uh, so this is from Matthew 13. We're going to read verses 1 to 9, and then there's a break. And then we're going to pick up with 18 to 23. It's one of the parables that Jesus teaches and then his explanation for that. So later that same day, Jesus left the house and sat beside the lake. A large crowd soon gathered around him, so he got into a boat. Then he sat there and taught as the people stood on the shore. He told many stories in the form of parables, such as this one. Listen, a farmer went out to plant some seeds. As he scattered them across his fields, some seeds fell on a footpath, and the birds came and ate them. Other seeds fell on shallow soil with underlying rock. The seeds sprouted quickly because the soil was shallow, but the plants soon wilted under the hot sun, and since they didn't have deep roots, they died. Other seeds fell among thorns that grew up and choked out the tender plants. Still other seeds fell on fertile soil, and they produced a crop that was 30, 60, even 100 times as much as had been planted. Anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. And then the lectionary skips, and then picks up with Jesus' explanation. So he said, he continues, now listen to the explanation of the parable about the farmer planting seeds. The seed that fell on the footpath represents those who hear the message about the kingdom and don't understand it. Then the evil one comes and snatches away the seed that was planted in their hearts. The seed on the rocky soil represents those who hear the message immediately and receive it with joy, but since they don't have deep roots, they don't last long. They fall away as soon as they have problems or are persecuted for believing God's word. The seed that fell among the thorns represents those who hear God's word, but all too quickly the message is crowded out by the worries of this life and the lure of wealth, so no fruit is produced. The seed that fell on good soil represents those who truly hear 
and understand God's word can produce a harvest of 30, 60, or even 100 times as much as had been planted. So Jesus is teaching, as he, as he customarily does, the, the passage begins where he goes out and he sits down and begins to teach. And as the crowd gathers, he actually has to move into the boat and push out into the water a little bit. And so if you can picture, he's using, they didn't have sound systems back then, um, so he's using the, uh, the reflection of the water, the voice, his voice bounces off the water and projects out, and then the people in the cove area there are, are standing around and listening, listening to his teaching. Uh, so as you can see the crowds as we've been kind of walking through Matthew are getting bigger and bigger as he goes from town to town. So let's look at the parts of the story that he, that he shares. There's the farmer, right? The sower, the one who is sowing the seed, is God. Uh, there's the seed, good seed, his word, his, his word, his truth. And then there's the soil, that's variable. So the, the good father and the good seed are constant. And where it lands is where the variability is. So the farmer scatters the seed in it. And in this time, farmers would actually plant the whole area, pass seed, grow seed, and then plow. That's unlike today where grounds are carefully cultivated and things to prepare to prepare for, um, for the planting of the seed. But we'll talk about these different types of soil and how how we may receive his word in there. So on the footpath, there's the hard soil. Um, in that time, like how are we listening? How might we hear in a time like that? Um, are we meeting his word with apathy or indifference? Distraction, are we paying attention? Um, my mom, as my mom would say, you know, in one ear and out the other. Like it just doesn't, it's just snatched away for, what, what, for whatever reason, just never, never actually lands. So that's what happens to the word on those where the, where the soil is pressed way, way down. And then there's the shallow soil that has the rocks beneath it, that rocky soil. So it lands and may receive, may be received quickly with joy, but as things, uh, as things press in, the, the hot sun comes and kills it away. When life gets hot and hard and things press in, we can lose it. So immediately grows, some person, people may come to, to listen and to begin to understand, but as soon as things get difficult, they get distracted, um, and that dies away, and they start just going back to back to their own way. And the soil with thorns and seeds, where it actually lands, um, and the person hears it, and may begin to understand, but the worries of life choke out, choke it out, choke, choke it out, which means that the word just doesn't, doesn't have any effect on them. Like, when his word comes into us, it has the opportunity, as he says, to flourish and to grow and to multiply in us, that his gospel and what Jesus has done for us can change our lives. But a lot of times it doesn't because of the pressures of life and the things that are pressing in. So um, examples of seeds and thorns, you know, life gets very busy. Uh, we have challenges, we have competing priorities, chasing opportunities for ourselves, making opportunities for our kids so they have all the advantages and all the different things that we feel like our children need to be able to thrive in this world, um, all those kinds of things, or just difficult times uh, that just um, that, that press in. I think it's interesting that Jesus calls out the lure of wealth here. He could call out the lure of lots of things, right, uh, and temptations, but he's speaking specifically because how our human nature uh, is designed for us to pursue and to 
to succeed and to accumulate. And when we when we do that, we can end up in our relationship with Jesus just kind of going through the motions of religion as opposed to living in relationship with him. So what might that look like in our lives when our soil isn't necessarily good and the word isn't necessarily changing us? I know for me, um, it may look like wanting my way or wanting someone in my home to do something the way I like to have it done <laughs> or make the coffee in this way at this time or <laughs> or things things like that or maybe we remind someone of a way that they disappointed us or a failure that they had that we remind over and over sometimes it looks like unforgiveness impatience snapping irritability um, kind of not looking like Jesus or Jesus-y, as we've talked about before. It's kind of what it looks like when we're not allowing those aspects of our lives to um, allowing the word to penetrate and actually grow. But then there's good soil. And in the good soil, there are three things that happen. So when it land, when his word lands on good soil, it, it lands and it grows. And it sprouts and we hear and we understand. And as it sprouts, it can begin to impact and change our lives and our hearts and the way we think and act and respond and help us as the word talks about understanding in this, con in, this in this aspect, it's understanding not just cognitively, like knowing what is true, like I approached Bible study initially, was like, what can I know to be true about God? It's moving down into our hearts and knowing it as the core of our being so that it impacts how we live and an impact so that we can be wise, just not have wisdom, but live applying it into our daily lives. And then he goes on to say that what happens, that, that it's multiplied. So in this, in this time, a good harvest might be considered sevenfold of what is planted. And what does his word say here? He says 30, 60, 100fold that it can multiply in his heart. So the abundance that can come from the promise of his word and his gospel and the gifts and the grace that he gives us multiplying in our lives. So in this parable, Jesus is actually sharing, if you kind of take the 30,000 foot level, he's sharing his assessment of how people are receiving his ministry. As we've walked through the summer, him going from town to town, different people and in a different towns, they receive him differently. Some receive him with joy, others reject him, others begin to to follow what he's saying, others just continue life as they knew it. But he says as he begins and ends this parable, he starts with listen and ends with he who has ears, listen and understand. So how does this apply to us today? And we can look at this a couple of ways. Certainly from a discipleship standpoint, like believers can be multiplied. And he's talking about that in some aspect as he's, as he's reflecting on how people are receiving his ministry. It's also instructive for us in a variety of ways because we can look at our life and the world around us. So it's kind of easy to look at it from a judgment standpoint because it's a lot easier for me right. to say, well, right. this person must have rocks going on. Right. This per so, but if we'll allow ourselves to get vulnerable, I think we can look at our lives. And I can look back over seasons of my life, of my life and say, well, when I was in this stage of my life, I wasn't really even paying attention. You know, I could have passed a burning bush and kept on going. I couldn't even tell you yeah. <laughs> if that had happened. Um, but so we, we can be honest and look 
reflect and look back at different aspects of our lives, we can see where, where our posture may have been different or the effect of God's word in our life may have been different. And then not only in our life and in our family, but then going even deeper and looking at, at our heart. So as a teen, I used to love going to church with my dad. Uh, and I'd sit and I, I knew that there was something that the, that the priest, and I loved our priest, super warm, nice, uh, friendly. And we'd get to the homily and I would fall asleep. I could not stay awake to save my life. And I was like, I know I'm missing something. And every week I'm like, this week I'm going to be able to, this week I'm going to really pay attention and then I'm not going to up and I'm missing like, oh. Um, so at that point, you know, it, was, it wasn't even landing, certainly wasn't impacting my life. I wish it had because I could have lived my life differently in my 20s and 30s and beyond. Uh, and then in my 20s, you know, it was in my career. Um, and I was in church, and I loved God, and then life got really difficult, and then things flipped upside down for a while, and uh, all it crowded away. I, I knew Jesus, but I didn't know Jesus, and um, how to walk with him. And I was out of, because of some conflict and things that happened, I was out of church for a while. Um, and then new marriage, and birth of our sons, and. Uh, my family busy pouring into our careers, and we were in church, and we were uh, listening with joy, but also busy with kids and activities and our careers and all the different things that distracted us. And then life got really hard for a while, and so busy, and realized then those things started to choke out the promise of peace and hope and His grace and what He gives us. So if you look back in the seasons of your life, can you see? Any different, different things, different ways that the word has come alive. What season are you in right now? Um, are you in one where his word, you open it up and he's just, words are jumping off the page and into your heart? Um, or are you just looking at it going, I don't know, God. Um, think about that. And let's take a minute to look at our heart, just to consider our heart. Because we've talked about um, Jesus' heart last week. Just the center, of it, the center of his being, who he is, everything he does pours from his heart that he described for us in our passage last week. And Proverbs says of the heart, um, guard your heart. Uh, above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. From it flows the springs of life. So what is pouring, what is multiplying in our heart and pouring out into the people in the lives around us? So if we'll take a look at um, look at the soil of our heart, it can help us um, help us look to him for some answers. So I heard a sermon a couple months ago, earlier this spring, um, related to this passage, and the pastor was talking about farming and talking about potato farming here in Maine, and he said that in June they would plow the fields and then they would spend the next week or two or however long pulling up all of the rocks. And so there were rocks that weren't there in the fall when they harvested the potatoes. Right, they come up with the, with the intense, uh, with the freezing and the shifts in the ground and the movement, it brings all of those things to the surface. So what's happening in our lives that might be pressing in on us really hard, like a lot of pressure, and what is that pulling up from the depths of where we are, old wounds, um, other, thorns that we've kind of 
walled off, but then are starting to, are, are pushing to the surface. And so it's, it's an ongoing process of looking into our heart and cultivating it because everything that we do flows from our heart. Right, so you, are you in a season of high pressure, extreme conditions, whether it's loss, um, pressure through just some of the things that you're dealing with in life, um, what's multiplying? So a couple summers ago, we had, when we were still in North Carolina, we had a tree in our front yard that, uh, that was built when that, that was planted when the house was built, and it was a quick growing tree, but it had really shallow roots. And so they were spread all across our yard, killing the grass, making it difficult to walk, um, easy to trip, so that <laughs> they were everywhere. And so we finally decided we were gonna get rid of the tree. So with the help of a friend and a son, they came over with their tools and took the tree down, and then we, we, Michael and them, <laughs> I helped a little bit, not much, um, pulled up some of the surface roots to clear that area up. And then we hired a company to come in and grind the stump so that everything would be done. And then, Michael, did we seed? <laughs> we may have seeded um, before we went on vacation. And then we were gone for two weeks. We went to a uh, place in Delaware at the beach, and then we came up here to visit our family, who still lives here, but we weren't living here, obviously, at the time. And two weeks later, we come home, and our front yard, hundreds of these tall, trees. woody weeds, mini trees, all over our front yard. Like, we were like, what? <laughs> like, how does this happen? And while we had had someone come to, uh, to grind out the stump, the house was about, I don't know, 14 years old or so at this point, and we had a mulch mound under the tree that, you know, put new mulch every year, a lot of it goes down, it doesn't go totally down. So while they ground down about six inches or so, it didn't get to the root, it just really got to the surface of the, of the lawn. And so we had all of these trees, weeds, thorns, whatever, growing up. So there are sometimes things can be multiplying that we don't realize. So we thought we'd taken care of it, but it was incomplete. We hadn't fully done it. So we had someone come and grind, <laughs> grind this dump and, and then worked our way to take care of it. But our lives are like that too, and our heart can be like that too, as we're not paying attention and pressures happen and suddenly all this old stuff that we thought we had dealt with and set aside and given to Jesus at one point or another has come back and it's just, you know, unforgiveness is popping up. Whatever those things are for us, it happens. So it's an ongoing, it's not a, the cultivating of our heart that Jesus does, um, we participate with him in it, isn't a one and done. Like yeah. it, it's, it's an ongoing process and the way we the way we stay fresh with him and help him keep our heart clean and our soil good so that his word changes us and changes our lives requires ongoing relationships. So what are those things in your life that are multiplying? Um, whether it's things things in our to-dos we've kind of kind of hit a lot of that. But I think the big question is is your life being impacted and changed by Jesus and what he has done for each one of you and what he's done for me. Um, so what can we do? Um, I just encourage you to spend some time 
with you know, it's hard, especially when you're going through difficult things, your life is super busy, um, or you're bored, <laughs> uh, whatever the case may be, um, but to take some time. He already knows what all those things are, but he's not gonna force us to say, hey, it's so your turn to sit down, and I'm just gonna dig this stuff out for you. Like, it, it doesn't work that way. Like, he, he will clear it for us, but we need to be open to him. He doesn't force us to come to him, but he wants us to so much. So we spend some time with him and being honest about, because there are some things that can be growing that we just are not paying attention to or that we just don't want to let go of. It's like, you know what, I'm still kind of mad about that and, and we can do all this other stuff, but I just need to hold on to this one thing or this one relationship that I feel like I want to be able to keep control of or this aspect of my life. Like, what are those? Um, and being, because we want to bargain, right? But when we bargain and hold things back from him, we are the ones that ultimately lose, uh, and the people around us. So what did our Isaiah passage say about God's word today? It said, the rain and snow come down from heavens and stay on the ground to water. It walks through the purpose that he sends water, and we're having a lot of it <laughs> shared. Um, but it comes for a purpose, and he says, the same, it's the same with my word. Like, I send it out. To produce fruit it will accomplish all i want it to and it will prosper wherever i send it are we receiving it and allowing it to prosper and to grow in our lives when he really 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 wants to and then he goes on to say you know where there once were thorns trees will grow good trees <laughs> uh, these events will bring great honor to the lord's name and they will be an everlasting sign of what right. Yeah, in his power, in his love. So the church where I served on staff for six years in Charlotte uh, was planned 30 years ago because the lead pastor came out of seminary and he went into a traditional church and he just watched people come in and out every week. Um, unhappy, life hard, nothing changing. And he's like, God's word promises something different. He does, and he, so he planted, planted that church that lives might be transformed by the gospel. Amen. Yeah, and, and we have that opportunity to help to help live that, to help in our own lives, in our families, and in this community that God has entrusted us to. So then from our Romans passage, oh, I would just love to dig into this so much more, but just a couple of things that I just want you to make sure you take with you. So there's no condemnation for those who belong to Jesus. Amen. We are made right Amen. with him. I know we've talked about it week after week, uh, but it's so easy to think, uh, I know that I messed up again. And so then we hide a little bit again, but we, there's no condemnation for us who belong to Jesus. Uh, those who are controlled by the spirit, think about things that please the spirit. And he's not talking about possession, like the spirit doesn't possess us, but he is in us. And because he's in us, if we will allow him to take the lead, uh, Philippians talks about think of, think of these things as he talks about the good things that we can think of instead of worrying. Um, set your mind on things above, Paul shares in, uh, in other passages too. Like thinking about the Spirit, thinking about God's promises for us, and then allowing that to influence and multiply in us. Let the Spirit control our minds. And what does that do? In verse 6, it says it leads to life and peace. We're not controlled by our sinful nature any longer. It's not that we don't have temptations. It's not that we don't sin. We're going to sin every day. Uh, if we think we don't, we're, we're, we're deceiving ourselves. 
Um, but it's not that we just, it's a free ticket. Like we just, we, we still have the spirit in us and we, every, everything we do is a decision. Every word that we choose to speak, every action that we choose to take, we can choose to go what our emotions and flesh are telling us to do or what God's spirit is leading us to do. If we'll stop long, if that's the issue, it's like sometimes we just don't stop and ask. Um, he'll, he'll show us if we want to. Um, so the spirit gives you life because you've been made right with God. The spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. Amen. He does, in every single one of you, and he lives in me too. And just as God raised Christ from the dead, he gives life to our bodies by the spirit that's living within us. So what do we take? This is a promise. It's a promise for eternity, and it's a promise for our life today. So what do we take from all this? So there are some things that we know. What do we know? There's we have, no condemnation. With, there's no condemnation, absolutely. It's huge to know. And we have a good father. We have a good farmer, a good sower. God, our father, a good father, a good savior. Like we know that. And he scatters good seed. And he scatters it far and wide with purpose, with presence, with power, with promise. Didn't mean to make them all peace. It just kind of worked that way. Um, but he, he, he's scattering. He's scattering all the time. And it's not, he's not only sowing in the areas that he knows are fertile. When we're running away, he's still scattering seed our direction. When we're struggling, he's still scattering things. When we're busy, when we're not paying attention, he's still scattering seed, planting it, bringing it to us, bringing it in his word, bringing it in sermons, bringing it through a worship song, bringing it through another person who speaks the truth into your life. Like there are lots of ways that he's constantly bringing seed. It's you know, not just raining down. He uses us when we participate with him. You know, do we believe it? Do we believe that it matters? Are we open? Are we open? Yeah. Do we care? Yeah. Do we yeah. care enough? Right. He scatters the seed on the rocky soil in our hearts. What are those rocks? What are those areas that yeah. we've rolled off and say, you know what, that, that area's off limits. You know, every other room in my house, just not this one. Just not this one. But he will help clear it. And it's not always easy. Because you think about removing things, like remove, how do you remove a rock from the ground? Like, you're digging. <laughs> and, you know, pruning, is cut, sometimes it's cutting things off of our lives that we don't necessarily want to cut off of our lives. Like, when we were thrilled to move up here to be close to family, uh, opportunity for our son to go to school with his cousins when we moved up here three years ago, but it also meant leaving other family, our oldest son, back in Charlotte. Um, and that leaving the church that we were part of for so many years and the community that we built, community of faith that we built. But God removed us from there to bring us to, another, to the place that he had for us. Yeah. And exactly, isn't he so great? <laughs> uh, but it's just, it's amazing. But he's some, but those things still, like pruning isn't always easy. Like it, it's sometimes hard, sometimes really hard. But he's, but the thing is, he's with us in all of that. Amen. Yeah. And so, can we hear? Can we receive his word um, amid the noise and the chaos? Are you listening? Am I listening? And how are we listening? Are we just, you know, casually listening? You know, catch a catch a word here and there? Are we really intently listening? 
and looking and seeking, seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added. Right, he says um, early in the Sermon on the Mount. Um, can you hear and receive his word? And he is scattering on good soil too. And he's preparing that soil in our hearts as we spend time in relationship with him. It's the only way that we do it. We can go through the motions of religion or we can actually live in relationship with Jesus, who loves us, our Father who created us. Amen. He sends his word with purpose and power to bring life and peace, wholeness and freedom, forming it in us. So as he moves and as we spend time and grow in relationship with him, he cultivates that soil in his heart so that his seed takes root and flourishes and bears fruit, fruit of the Spirit. And Galatians tells us, so what is the fruit of the Spirit? It's love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, Faithfulness, yeah, gentleness, long-suffering, yeah, that's another great word for patience. It's actually so descriptive, too. And self-control. Like, he will multiply those things in our lives so that we are more Jesus-y to, I just love Edward's word, to the, people, to the people around us. As we walk through really, really, really hard things that we can lean on him, and I know some of you are doing that right now with things that you're walking through, God for God, right? Um, but we're a church that seeks to help people grow in relationship with Jesus. Amen. And we can live it ourselves and just allow him to flourish in us. We can walk through anything that life Amen. brings our way um, in his strength, Amen. even in our weakness, his peace, Amen. even in the chaos, his joy, even when the circumstances are really, really, really hard and sometimes very unhappy too. Amen. So will you let him reveal his word to you? You can. Will you approach his word with humility, openness, and confidence that he expects to reveal? Like as you open his word, are you expectant for what he's going to show you? Ask him. He'll show you. Um, and he'll do it in really interesting, creative ways. I shared fortune cookie a couple of weeks <laughs> like, yeah. last week. Like, you, he, meets, he meets us where we are, and he'll get, he'll get the word to us in whatever way it takes. Um, but just know that we have a good father Amen. who scatters good seed for purposes that that he has established long ago, that he wants your life and mine and our hearts and our families to be impacted, to be transformed Amen. by the gospel, by his love and his grace. You allow him to soften those hard, packed down, scarred, walled off places that we might live fully in him. Let's pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, we just are in awe of you. Um, we're so grateful for your presence, for your peace, for your love, for your forgiveness, for your grace, for your hope, for your mercy. God, we thank you that you formed us, that we are created in your image that you have plans for our lives, that you are with us in the times that are great, those mountaintop celebration moments, and you are with us in the deepest, darkest valleys and some of the difficult things that we walk through in this life. Thank you that we don't walk them alone. Lord, we thank you for the community that you've surrounded us with here. Uh, thank you for just the joy that we have in sharing your word and your encouragement in you with one another as we go through our days. Uh, and experiences of this life. Lord, help us to live 
changed lives. Help us to let you transform us to do the work that you want to do, that you're willing to do, that you stand ready with your, with your arms wide open, looking at us with compassion, not disgust, uh, wanting us to come near so that you might help us, um, walk with us, and sometimes carry us if that's what we need. Uh, we trust you in all things. So God, we praise you. We thank you. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.